If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. <laughs> what up? What up? <laughs> We're back. Randy Moss the goat for that. He's the goat. He's the goat forever. The goat of Minnesota from, forever. From oh man. Hey, it feels good to middle? be back and recording again. Oh my gosh. Feels like it's been too it long. Does. Well, we we finished our rookie draft when? Second week of June? Second or third we, week of June. Something like that, yeah. And uh so originally we had said, "Hey, let's record a podcast before the third round starts because we mm-hmm. took a little break." <laughs> uh didn't happen. And we kind of threw, flew through rounds three, four, and five as well. So um, we're finally here. We're going to give you guys a podcast, and we hope you like it. Well, Kamisha's idea, let's, let's hit on, for those who don't know the league format, outside listeners, outside of field, because now this podcast is officially on Spotify, so we could garner some some listeners. I'm not assuming we will, but... Um, the reason there was a little break between the third or second round and third round uh, was Kamish had um, had the idea that it would potentially allow for um, for late round flyers, late round picks and players to bump up in value depending on kind of news out of training camp, mini camp, things of that nature. So um, rookie draft started June 1st. Um, and then regardless of how quick rounds one and two would go, it would pause at the end of round two and would resume on July 1st, rounds three, four, and five. So, um, we finished up the rookie draft, probably I'd guess the first week of July. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, but now we're sitting here, uh, July 18th, uh, chatting it up with, uh, with Bach and Bort. And, uh, we're going to go through some rookie or go through the rookie picks, what we liked roster shakeup. Uh, our roster makeups now that the rookies are on our rosters officially. A lot of us have trimmed down our rosters, utilized the taxi squad, all of those things. So um, we have quite a bit of, uh, of things to go through, a couple trades as well now that the draft is done. So um, I'd say let's hop right into it, Brent. Let's hop in. All right. <clears throat> so in our league, um, we are a super flex league. Uh, we are also full PPR, and we are tight end premium. So it's kind of where the flex appeal of leagues comes into play. Um, we do not have any defenses. We do not have any Thank kickers. God. Thank so Lord. it is strictly after points. We're looking for points. That's what we want to do. It's a high-scoring league for the most part. Um, and so that's kind of what we were looking to do. Um, yeah, what else, Pete? What else you got? And so roster uh, roster breakdown looks like one. You have to mandatory start one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. So that fills four spots. Of the five remaining spots, one of them is a super flex. So you have the option to play quarterback. You don't have to. Eli in our league for a handful of games uh, last year didn't have a quarterback until he traded for Drew Brees closer to the trade deadline. So we have seen teams not utilize the Superflex for quarterbacks. However, the majority of teams are going to use that Superflex spot for a quarterback. And then as well, so that's five roster spots. The additional four are flex. So it can be running back, can be wide receiver, can be tight end. So um, we see see most teams go wide receiver heavy in their flex spots. Um, 
just because, like Brent was saying, we have the full PPR for wide receivers. Running backs, clarification point, do only get half point for PPR, so it's not full point for running backs. So it's running backs, half a point, wide receivers, full point, and then tight ends, point and a half per reception. Um, so that's kind of the roster breakdown. I think we have, what, 15 bench um, and then taxi squad. So any incoming rookies, you can immediately put them on your taxi squad um, and they don't count towards your roster, your total total number of roster spots. But it, at any point during the season, if you bring them up into the tax or up into the active roster, um, you have to make room for them on your roster and they can't go back retroactively back onto the taxi squad. But they, um, can, so that's kind stay, of the, they can stay on your taxi for three years. Correct. Yep. And that's where I got, that's where I'm always confused on, okay, how long can I keep uh, a player on my taxi squad? Um, so good clarification there up to three years and then a decision has to be made. So, um, so that's kind of where a lot of the late round rookies are sitting on most rosters are on taxi squad and saying, Hey, if they hit great, then I might need to bring them up. But if they, if they don't, I can let them, I can let them wait, uh, wait on the taxi squad and it's not going to hurt my, uh, my ability to roster any other players. Exactly. What about Brent? What about rookies who are being picked up throughout the season off waivers? Can they be right onto the taxi squad? I don't know. No, because our taxi squad has to be set before week one. So they can, you can pick them up. Um, like if they're a free agent right now, we're going to have our, we have a free agent draft. So there's no free agents technically yet. We have a free agency draft in August. Um, so like during preseason, you can kind of watch guys and then, um, you're set on your record. So the same person that had pick one in the rookie draft is going to have pick one in the free agent draft. And it's going to be that same order again. Is it, um, three rounds? Uh, I think it's five, but I doubt we'll go that far. I think it's set up as five just in case. Um, but yeah, so that's how it's going to work. Um, so you can't pick anybody up right now. We are also in auction. So you get $105 to start the year. Um, it is tradable. And so, yeah, that's kind of where we are. We're waiting for preseason to start. We're waiting for that free agent auction. Um, for those of you waiting for training camp to start. Yeah. I mean, we're waiting for everything right now. Um, but yeah, if you're new, you're listening, um, we were a startup last year. Um, the previous league had gone on for how many years, Pete? Six? Seven. Seven? Seven. Seven years? I think, yes. 20, 2014 was year one, and it ended in 20... 2019. So, so it was about six, it was about 15, six seasons. 17, 18, 19. Six. Yep. So um, in the bylaws, it was that if a team wins two years in a row... Um, we have what's called, uh, what's the pot? It was the empire pot. Em- empire pot is what it was called. If you want, we put certain amount of dollars into an empire pot every single year. The champion does get paid out every year, but there's a certain allotted amount that goes to an empire pot. So we only pay out teams one and team two. That's all we pay out. Um, team two just gets their money back on the year. Um, and so, yeah, he won it, cleared out the Empire Pot, and we went to a redraft uh, before last season. So um, everyone's kind of got a different team than the Empire League. So um, this has been super fun, super interesting. 
And it's been fun because we not only not only have like a lot of the core core teams stayed the same, but we've also seen new owners come in, um, Dan and as well um, Jeremy and, and Canute. Canute as well. So that's been fun to see. We were twelve teams prior. We're now fourteen teams. So even seeing how even seeing how player evaluations and rosters are looking with two extra teams, um, it's been really fun. So no, we we're Mark only won, ten teams and went. No, to we four. are twelve. Because we had a we had a team. Oh, we had players drop out though. Yep. We had players drop yeah. out, and then one team that was owned by two owners they split into their own team this year as well. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So uh, this year, going into year two, technically, um, Mark is the reigning champion. We can go over his roster in a little bit when we talk about uh, when we go through the draft and kind of who addressed what needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark won last year, so if Mark wins this year, league is over. I don't foresee it happening just based on the teams that have made moves via the draft, via trade, just based on players improving um, year after year. Uh, but again, we can get into that uh, in a little bit. But um, so, yeah, like we said earlier, we just wrapped up our rookie draft. Let's go into it. Let's see who got uh, who got what players and what uh, what rosters are looking like. So perfect. Um, pick one one. We had a couple teams that were purposefully tanking. And I know there's some hesitancy on tanking and like doing it on purpose. Um, in our league there, I mean like tanking, the punishment is that your team sucks, right? Like there doesn't need to be an extra punishment. We're not, we weren't even necessarily our league. We weren't forcing teams to roster. Like what was the, well, I'm trying to think, what was so, the requirement for, so what happened was for those tanking teams. Yeah. So being it was a, a startup league and it was an auction startup draft, player some some uh we're gonna call them governors spent mm-hmm. a majority of their money on certain players and didn't have enough to really like fill out their roster. And they said on opening draft night that they were likely gonna have to tank because their team was gonna stink. One of those yeah. teams um, ended up, they traded, they had drafted Christian McCaffrey. They traded it for a bunch of rookies from the draft and some first round draft picks. Um, and so, yeah. He Swift and up, a couple firsts. Swift to a couple firsts, Zach Moss. And he got Juju. No, he had Juju. but um, Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, we had some teams. They knew they were going to tank. Kamish was a little more lax this year because teams had admitted but if two tanking teams went up against each other they had to start um players that were active otherwise throughout the year they didn't necessarily have to start active players but i think he said this year going into it he's going to be more strict and if you start a non-active player you are fined like ten five dollars the next year going okay. into it or something like that but you're fined 10 fob dollars so we'll get we'll get commission on before the season starts to get some clarification on that because i do think we've seen um over the course of this offseason already uh, teams that are trading away players like stefan diggs um players who would obviously help them win right now and are hoping to retool whether that's an abs whether that's a tank Like, I don't know how, I don't know how we, how Mm -hmm. we count that, but there are teams who are going to be on the lower, lower end of things and are 
making moves to ensure that they are gaining draft picks for future years. So we'll have to get Kamish on to get some more clarification Definitely. on how he's going to enforce that. But um, without uh, without um, beating around the bush any longer, 1-1 uh, was to Governor Ben. And he was one of the teams who, in the startup draft, realized, hey, I'm going to have to tank. He tanked well, got the first overall pick, and who did he take? Uh, he took Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Jacksonville. And he did that. I mean, I think Trevor has been the 1-1 for most leagues, especially if it's uh, a super flex or two QB league. Just yeah. because, I mean, he's Trevor Lawrence. Look what he did in college. He's going to likely be the obvious starter in Jacksonville unless okay, something but... happens. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but... there's been people that have been like, oh, look, he's not going to start. He's not ready. But I think they always kind of say that. And then, you they know, do. preseason rolls around. Um, he just he'll look he'll look too good that they have to put him on yeah. the field and and he'll yeah. be he'll be the starter week one so exactly and and that and so ben, that was Ben and Ben didn't have any other firsts um, and he didn't he didn't make another pick until third round until the third round so he um, he need he needs to hit on this pick and I think he will and I'll just kind of give a brief rundown of his um, supposed starting lineup as as the league stands currently so quarterback for ben trevor lawrence running back josh jacobs wide receiver jarvis landry tight end tj hawkinson and then his flex spots are deandre swift running back out of detroit antonio gibson running back for the washington football team zach moss gus edwards and then Superflex is tua so that's ben's lineup right now very young um, outside of Jarvis Landry. I don't think any of these players have more than three or four years in the league. I don't know yeah. how long Gus Edwards been in the league, and I think TJ Hawkinson is coming on to his third season. Yeah, and, and honestly... So a very I, young team. I, I do like his team for the youngness. He obviously is, and I mean, I don't mean to throw shade, but I really just don't think that he's going to be in contention of a championship this, mm -mm. this year for sure. And he's going to need to hit on a lot of his picks next year in yep. order to be in contention for the following year. And I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I think Ben's best case scenario is for someone just to win back to back and he can start over. <laughs> I, I mean so, i'm saying that as nice as possible so here here's the pick breakdown for ben here's what he has moving forward i'm not going to count any fourths or fifths just because they're they're i mean they're we'll they're just trade do first and seconds best. first and seconds uh 2022 so this upcoming draft ben has two first round picks and two three third round picks um going into 2023 he has two first round picks two second round picks and a third 2024, he has two first round picks, two second round picks, and two third round picks. So he's so got he's if, got some tools as long as he absolutely. holds on to them. Yeah. So I think, like you said, for the best thing for Ben's team is that the league doesn't end this year or next year or the following year. So he has the ability to either draft players or trade picks for young studs um, to kind of expedite that that contending the process of getting back into contention. I think DeAndre Swift and uh, Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson Gibson are phenomenal pieces to build around. TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson tight end premium. In, a, in a tight end premium. 
And his, with, new, his new quarterback, Jared Goff. Yeah. Loves Kenny Galladay's in ends. New York. I mean, look what Jared Goff did with Gerald Everett and that other tight and end. And Higby. And Higby, and yeah. And Higby, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he loves his tight ends. So, I mean, I think he's going to have in the tight end premium. He should get the receptions. Maybe I mean, he, I don't think he ever really got the yards, but he's going to get red zone because they don't really have any wide receivers that are nope. elite, in my opinion, yet. Nope. I mean, not that we've seen. Gall- they got some Galladay, guys. Galladay went Gall- and signed yeah. with the Giants in free agency. So Galladay is gone, and that's 120 targets, 110 targets. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they drafted Amon Ross St. Brown from US for UFC. Wow. But like from I, USC, but a yeah, rookie. Yeah, but like I said, like nothing proven that we've seen yet. Nothing proven. So I mean, who knows what's going to come regular season, but So, I think Ben made the right pick at quarterback. I I could have potentially seen him going for a a, a higher ceiling quarterback potentially, uh like Trey Lance, but I think Ben made the absolute right pick, 101, getting Trevor Lawrence, solidifying his quarterback position for the next 5 to 10 years. Uh, assuming that Trevor Lawrence is who we think he is. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence probably has the highest floor of the quarterbacks. Um, Absolutely. But I also, kind of like you said, like I could have seen him go with a Trey Lance because he knew he wouldn't contend this year and could have mm-hmm. just taken Trey, thrown him on his taxi squad for the entire year and tanked this year again. And but, done it again. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, it is, I mean, I still think Trevor Lawrence was the right choice for his team. That was that was the right pick, yeah. And and didn't have to think about it, didn't want to overthink it, knew mm-hmm. who he was going with. Barring right. injury, Trevor Lawrence was his quarterback, and uh, he's got him now. So uh, good pick by Ben. Pick two, who had it, and, uh, and who they take. Yeah, uh, pick two was owned by Chris. Uh, it was a tight battle between Ben and Chris up until, I want to say, close to maybe like one of the last week three weeks. Yeah, week 10, something, something. like that. Um, Chris was working on a Sunday. It was an afternoon. It was the 3 p.m. Central start game. And he started a fullback that was last minute put on the inactive list. And so he was forcefully the winner. And Ben took over the first overall pick. Uh, and uh, and didn't let it go. Yeah, and and, and he did not let that go at all um, until he won our toilet bowl. So Chris is also our toilet bowl (laughs) winner, which, you know, once we get there, he did win pick number 15, but we'll explain that more once we get to pick 15. Um, so Chris, with pick two, took Trey Lance, quarterback, San Francisco. That's a great pick. I mean, I mean, I, his I only, his only other on... quarterback is Lamar Jackson, or was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So he's got Trey Lance and Lamar Jackson, and that duo could be insanely high i mean i think you and i both agree um we agree on trey lance that he could be you think he's definitely probably got the highest ceiling of the quarterbacks because of his arm strength his mobility and you know he could get there as long as he can clean up his accuracy for sure yeah And, and so to have two insanely high ceiling and we've already seen it with Lamar was mm-hmm. quarterback one what n- not even two I mean two he was years MVP ago. yeah uh, MVP of the league two years ago set the league on absolute fire and had a natural regression last season yet even still the final three four weeks of the season he was uh putting up t- 
no less than 23 points the last weeks 13 through 17. So if you had Lamar Jackson in a in a championship playoff run and you had Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, you were very very happy with the kind of numbers he was putting up. So um, Chris has two insanely athletic quarterbacks, mm-hmm. not to mention Kirk Cousins to boot, a very safe quarterback from a fantasy perspective. Uh, if you're a if you're a Vikings fan in real life, it, I mean, you hate him, Kirk Cousins, I mean, or you love him. I don't even know if you hate him. You, you hate, hate him, him or, or you, you love, love him. him. <laughs> but in fantasy, very safe quarterback. So if Trey Lance isn't ready this year, he's got Kirk Cousins. Um, I'll go through Chris's lineup really quick as it stands currently. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back Kansas City, A.J. Brown uh, for the Titans, Mark Andrews, tight end for the Ravens, so he has that uh, wide receiver or tight end quarterback quarterback stack. Uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, Washington football team, rookie Jalen Waddle for Miami, Gerald Everett, tight end, who now signed with uh, Seattle, Amari Cooper, and then Kirk Cousins. Um, Chris had a, Chris had a pretty good draft. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I enjoy where he ended. Um, but he started off phenomenal with, with Trey Lance, who I would have also taken at the second overall spot. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he did pretty good. We'll get to more of his picks. Um, but I do, I think he's got a good team. He, I don't, again, I don't think he, I don't think he'll compete for the championship, but I think he could definitely be close to a playoff team and he had most of these players not most of them he had a handful of players on this roster his wide receivers that were on his roster last year and he decided to tank so an interesting strategy I don't know if it was more out of necessity but more out of just strategy wanting to see hey what can I look like getting young wide receivers like AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin um, and drafting and uh, getting Lamar Jackson not playing not playing him for a year and uh, and seeing what can happen with him. So um, I think Chris's team is a is a team to keep our eyes on. And as the uh, as the year progresses and then as the seasons roll into one another, I think Chris's team could be one to be reckoned with in a couple of years. Right. And so yeah, then I guess we're on to pick three, um, and we'll try and remember the trades if there was one. I know this one because this was my pick. I was a team that decided to tank. I didn't really go as aggressive as Chris and Ben did because I didn't know that I was going to do it until after week mm-hmm. one. My team got absolutely destroyed. And I'm like, you know what? Let's try and get some young pieces on this team. So I did end up tanking. A couple quarterbacks ended up panning out. And so I decided to trade pick three to a quarterback needy team. Um, yeah, because my team, I have... Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Sam Darnold. You know, one of those three is good. Hurts and Darnold are kind of like, they're kind of QB flyers right now. We'll kind of see what they can do. But anyways, I traded pick three to Matt in our league, who his starting quarterback right now is Jordan Love. Uh, We'll see if he's actually a starter come week one. Um, But yeah, he has no quarterback. So he decided to move up to pick three. And I decided to move back to pick six and receive Michael Thomas as well. And I gave up a first, I believe, either next year or two years down the road. Doesn't matter. And so with that, uh, Matt went with Justin outstanding in his fields quarterback for <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Um, I like I agree this with- pick. I 
see, this is where we've kind of differed. You say that Trey Lance has the highest ceiling. I think Fields has one of the higher ceilings as well. A lot of people might disagree with me on that. Ohio State quarterbacks, they don't, I mean, they have not panned out in the NFL, so we'll see, we'll see how right I am there. But um, what does this name, what does this name mean to you? Troy Smith. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cardale Jones, JT Barrett. Uh, who's the guy that's on the Steelers now? Was on Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. I mean, they haven't panned out. Justin Fields, but, in my eyes, like a different quarterback from them. Like he, he's more of a thrower. Um, yes, he's athletic, but I think he's got a better arm than all of those other quarterbacks listed. So we'll see. Obviously, we're Vikings fans, so we don't want him to pan out in the NFL for the Bears. Um, but unfortunately, I think he might. I think he will too. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I do like Fields. Um, I think he landed in actually a underrated spot. I don't. I don't love the Bears' offense as a whole, but I think they have enough enough ready to like plug and play, uh, plug and play weapons for Fields. Guess I'm better to make an. To, to make a name for himself as soon as he's named the starter. I envision that will be as soon as potentially week two or even week three. They've named Andy Dalton technically as their starter mm-hmm. in Chicago, but everybody knows, Matt Nagy knows, offensive coordinator knows, the fans know that this is Justin Fields' franchise for the next five years. They took a quarterback so, in the first round and moved up and gave up a lot for a reason. So, so Fields is their guy. Whether or not he starts week one remains to be seen, but I don't think that even tampers his fantasy outlook for this season. No. I think as soon as he's ready to go, he's going to be in Matt's starting lineup, mostly because right now the starting, <laughs> the starting quarterback in Matt's lineup is, wait for it, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Mm-hmm. Back Jacoby up Brissett. Miami. Back up Miami. Now, I don't know if Tua is necessarily the answer in Miami, but he's for sure going to start this year. Ben, plug so, your ears. So Matt absolutely needed to trade up to, to pick three because if he waited at his original pick, pick six, there the only quarterback that he could have had the option of drafting was going to be Mac Jones. So Matt, that's a great move. Moving up to pick three. Um, to a team who wasn't going to force you to necessarily overpay to get that pick. Um, because, Brent, you I don't know if you really wanted to be at three anyway. Um, so you you going back to pick six, Matt jumping from six to three, taking Justin Fields, who is, for me, the easy choice here over Zach Wilson. That's a, um, that's a win-win, I think, for both parties involved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, speaking of Zach Wilson, we are a super flex league. And the top four teams, top four picks were all teams that needed quarterback. And so with the fourth pick, newbie Texas Dan is what he goes by in our league. (laughs) He went with Zach Wilson, quarterback, New York Jets. Um, I like the pick just because he needs a quarterback. Um, I've seen Zach Wilson, even in super flex leagues, go as late as nine. Yeah. In a in a twelve team mock draft, so yep. The only thing is, is his only quarterback right now that's startable is Carson Wentz, who is looking for a rebound in Indianapolis, and with their offensive line much better than Philadelphia's, 
I could see it happening. Um, but it'll be seen if he still has, he kind of had the yips in Philadelphia. For sure. Towards For the sure. End. I mean, look at what he was doing. I mean, he was, he was killing it in 2017 before he got hurt. And I mean, then people are going to say, well, he was a product of his environment. Look what Nick Foles could do with that team and what he's done after, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think he could be good, but anyways, I think out of necessity, he went with Zach Wilson could have gone with a tight end. In my opinion, I think the person who was at pick five will find out later was a little worried that Kyle Pitts would go at pick four. Um, just because I think his only other tight end is, um, um, I'm blanking Steelers tight end right now. Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, which is a startable tight end. For sure. um, He's good, but yeah, Zach Wilson was the pick at four. For sure. And what's awkward, what's awkward about Texas Dan's roster is the fact that like he isn't in win now and isn't really tanking. It's this awkward in between where he's got Carson Wentz, Raheem Mostert, Kenny Galladay, Eric Ebron, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, Tariq Cohen, uh, Daryl Henderson, and Alan Lazard. So if you insert Zach Wilson into that uh, super flex spot, that's that that on paper. Maybe two years ago, hey, you'll take that team all day. But yet, we've seen regression from Odell Beckham. We've seen injury from Cooper Cup. We've seen injury from Tariq Cohen. Raheem Mostert's 29 going into his age 30 season, his last contract year with a run-heavy team there in San Francisco. Kenny Galladay's on a new team. Who knows what that's going to look like in New York? Is Daniel Jones going to be able to get him 130 targets? I'm not really sure. So Texas Dan going with, I think, what is the safe pick and saying, hey, I know my team needs quarterback moving forward. Um, I have Robert Griffin III and Nate Mullins as my other quarterbacks outside of Carson Wentz. I need some help here. I'm going to go Zach Wilson, who is, unlike Trevor Lawrence, going to be the day one starter in New York for the NFL football Jets. Um, That's a good pick for Texas Dan. I, I, I was pick five, and I was very worried that Texas Dan was going to take Kyle Pitts. Uh, who ended up in Atlanta with the with the Dirty Bird Falcons? So, but I do think I do think just based off of our league setup being super flex, top four teams needed quarterbacks, top four picks were quarterbacks. Zach Wilson was the least valuable or least covetable of those quarterbacks, and it's not no surprise he went four um, just due to uh, Matt trading up to pick three. Um, and Lawrence and Lance going picks one and two. Yeah. So then, I mean, obviously, like you said, you were the fifth pick. You were nervous that Kyle Pitts was going to go at four. So uh, I hold on. I was I was nervous Kyle Pitts was going at two. I was yeah. nervous that Chris was going to take Pitts Chris at was, two. Chris was Chris messing ha- with you. Because for sure, but Chris had later picks in the first, and I was like, okay, well, if Mac Jones is going to be at eight or wherever Chris was picking next, there's no reason why he wouldn't want to go grab, uh, go grab Kyle Pitts at two. In my eyes, granted, I didn't think he would actually do that, but I was I was slightly worried about it. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so being you were nervous about it, obviously you went with Kyle Pitts at pick five. Kyle Pitts, tight end for sure, Atlanta. 
needed it. So needed it. I had I had no tight ends. Yeah. No tight ends needed Kyle Pitts at, at pick five. Love his landing spot. That was even pre-Julio Jones trade. Post-Julio Jones trade, I love it even more. Cannot wait to see Kyle Pitts eat Yeah, and then, year. so I mean, I like him in Atlanta because, I mean, I look at what um, they've done with their tight ends. Matt Ryan, I think, likes his tight ends. So mm-hmm. I think that it's a great pick, especially in a tight end premium. Um, and so Tony Gonzalez, the- Tony Gonzalez had a career resurgence in Atlanta. Austin Hooper made a name for himself in Atlanta. Got a fat um, contract, fat contract with the Browns. And he's yep. not even that good. No. So I'm excited about what Kyle Pitts can do as a rookie, but even more so in the next three, four years, he's 20 mm-hmm. years old. He's mm-hmm. 20, 20. It's insane. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I, that was a home run pick for me. I, I tanked legitimately tanked starting what week eight to get Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. like yeah. that was who you, you I was, pretty much I was told like, me, like I, I want to get Kyle Pitts. I was like I want Kyle Pitts yeah <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna make it happen however I can make it happen and uh we made it happen so right. I'm yeah. stoked I don't yeah. love my team's outlook but I love Kyle Pitts right. so I love my team yeah I mean Pete's got a good <laughs> team but um for the sake of time we kind of went a little more in depth picks one through four Um, We're going to maybe go over these next few picks out of the first round a little bit quicker than previously. Um, Let's recap first and second round. Yeah, we'll recap. Um, So then, yeah, pick six uh, was my pick. Um, And I was kind of torn. I was thinking about Najee Harris, also thinking about Jamar Chase. Um, Ended up going with Jamar Chase, um, wide receiver for the Bengals. I I put running back in our chat because I need running backs <laughs> on my team. Um, so, yeah, I went with Jamar Chase at that pick because I felt that with our PPR league, um, running backs have been kind of devalued. So I thought I could maybe mm-hmm. grab a tier two later. And you've got you've got the quarterback wide receiver stack with Burrow and Chase moving yeah, forward. Exactly. Uh, Pick seven. I had pick seven. I traded for it. I'm not sure what the trade was, but I ended up with pick seven. Uh, I tra- I drafted the uh, the the next best position player, uh, which was Najee Harris, uh, running back for the Steelers. I pair him with Saquon Barkley, kind of shore up my running back room for the next handful of years. Um, Texas Dan is back up at 108. He goes Mac Jones, quarterback New England. So he goes Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, quarterback duo uh, there. He's which taking super flex seriously. Well, and, and, that, and that's interesting because the contenders outside of Mark last year had quarterbacks that were phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Mark had Brady and Tannehill, who were both, I think, top eight, top, top seven quarterbacks last year. But you had Josh, who had Kyler and Deshaun Watson. Uh, you have Jeremy, who had Josh Allen. So I think Dan is, is seeing that, hey, quarterbacks are, gonna, are, are what's going to propel a, an, a potentially mediocre surround, like supporting cast mediocre to to good supporting cast to great and i think that's what dan saw and he went uh he went mac jones at eight and in my opinion with landing spots mac jones may have a little bit of a higher floor than zach wilson just because of landing spots i could see it higher the, floor. the the the, pa- the patriots had the patriots went out and made moves they got john smith they got hunter henry they signed nelson Aguilar. i don't hate it i don't hate mac jones uh right. moving forward here especially in new england yep so then uh, pick nine went to uh, Wisconsin Dan, 
And uh, he decided to go with Travis Etienne, running back slash wide receiver for Jacksonville. I think it's wide receiver slash running back. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, they've been playing him in the slot, playing him in the running back. It'll be interesting to see where he goes, uh, where he plays the majority. I think he'll play majority at running back, but I don't know. It hurts James Robinson, um, a.k.a. Jim Brown. But um, uh, but honestly, he's got that rapport with Lawrence. If Lawrence is the day one starter, he's going to get reps. He's going to play. They're going to have that rapport. I think he could put up a good chunk of points in a, in, for sure. in a PPR league. So, yeah, I, I like the pick for him. He really I doesn't agree. have very many, like, top running backs. He has, like, James Conner. I mean, Yikes. James White. So... Yeah. Um, great pick for him there. Um, and then we went on to pick 10. Pete, you want to take that one? Yeah, Chris uh, went with Javonta Williams. Um, and Chris, the this running back. This is his second pick he, now. Second pick. He had Trey Lance at two. Goes with uh, Javonta Williams at pick 10. Uh, the only other running back he had on his roster was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, or notable running back on his roster was, I believe, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, so he goes with what's going to be I mean, I like Javante Williams. I don't love him, but I think I think where he was at 10, that, that's tremendous value. So um, he has a young running back who I think technically is the bench player or the bench uh, right now, or second yeah. string behind Melvin. But even later some on this peop- year, that's going to be Javante's backfield. Some people had Javante RB1 in this draft. That's kind of wild to me. I don't yeah. – I never saw it when I was watching – when I was watching uh, – Videos, granted, I didn't do a ton of research, mostly mm-hmm. because I knew I had top, top five, top seven picks. Um, but Javante goes to 10. Chris gets another running back outside of Clyde Edwards and Lair. Eli, his first pick, uh, Devante, or Devonta Smith, Heisman winner, went to the Eagles. I like Eli's that. Going, Eli's going wide receiver heavy. He's got yeah. Kamara at running back, and he is going wide receiver heavy. He traded for Diggs this offseason. He's got Diggs. Who else does he have for for wide receivers? Yeah, but he's got I mean, Diggs, he's got Robbie Anderson, T. Higgins, and he goes out mm-hmm. and drafts who, in my opinion, was the wide receiver one at pick eleven. That's insane value. I thought about going Devonta at seven instead I of Najee. That, yeah, yeah. So Eli, yeah. I think that's a phenomenal pick at eleven, getting an absolute target monster in Philly because no one else is there to catch the ball. No one right. else is there, and if Hertz can, and if Hertz can be what we all hope he well, is, except for Rager, Rager. Hey, Jalen Rager, slot god. <laughs> slot god. Yeah, it's happening. But yeah, all right. So then, yeah, Devonte Smith went at pick eleven. We are down. We are up to pick twelve, which is Chris again. So his third pick of the draft, he goes with Jalen Waddle, uh, wide receiver for Miami. So. I also am super high on Jalen Waddle. I think the fact that he's even there at 12 is also insane. Um, yeah. But the only thing I think that hurts him, but also could be good thing for him, is Tua is the quarterback. We're mm-hmm. still not sold on Tua being the quarterback, but they also played together at Alabama. They could have that special connection immediately. Um, who knows? I mean, it could be his downfall in Miami. It could be what he needs to score a ton of points in Miami. It's an oddly packed wide receiver room in Miami. They signed Will Fuller. 
They have Devontae Parker. They have Mike Gesicki, who's not a who's not a nobody at tight end. I'm interested to see how they're going to get Waddle the ball. Are they going to get him the ball? Absolutely. How they're going to do it remains to be seen. I'm really curious, but I agree with you. Home run pick. Pick at 12? That mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And he was, what, 7th or 8th pick in the actual NFL draft? Yeah. 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 I mean, they and they Crazy. traded up to get him, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're yeah. going to find a way to get him the ball. It's going to be really fun to watch Miami if Tua is who we – I think we all I want him to hope be. I hope he is. We all want him to be a guy. We all want yeah. him to be the guy. Like, we yeah. want him to be who we thought who – we, who we saw in college, um, yeah. dominating the, the SEC, and I, I really hope he can. Uh, and if he does, Waddle's going to be a stud. So, mm-hmm. Chris has had, I think, a phenomenal draft so far getting Lance, Williams, and Waddle. Uh, mm-hmm. Texas Dan is up at 13 and he takes our favorite player in the draft. He takes Rashad Bateman wide receiver. I love Rashad Bateman. Yeah. I don't love him in Baltimore. I think he, I think he holds a special place in all of our hearts. And Absolutely. I think there's a lot of teams that passed on him because they had to, because of the talent <laughs> ahead of him. But if you could like pick with your heart, there's so many teams that would have taken Rashad Bateman. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect landing spot. I think that's kind of where mm-hmm. the tier break was for wide receivers was Smith, Chase, Waddle. That's kind of the tier one break. Bateman and Marshall Jr. Uh, Marshall um, out of LSU. That was kind of the second tier. And we saw Bateman go pick 113 to Texas Dan. So Texas yeah. Dan got two quarterbacks, Rashad Bateman, who I think is in line to be wide receiver one in Baltimore. Who knows how valuable that is because – it, are yeah. they going to throw the ball? I don't know. Is I think, is the reason I think Bateman Lam- gets drafted higher if he goes to just about any other team. Green Bay. If he, goes to, Gre- if he goes to Green, Green Bay, Bay, if he goes if if Rashad Bateman goes to Green Bay, I maybe even debate taking him at, up at six or seven. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't blame you for that. If, if I, I I probably would have Aaron Rodgers at seven. There. Yeah. And I probably would have pulled the trigger at, uh, on him at seven if he was in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Even he went to. We hate Green Bay. But. We hate Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers is the man. Unfortunately. Pick 14, Brent. You took Trey Sermon, running yep. back 49ers. You yeah. needed a running back. You were lucky enough to have one of the, one of the top. Uh, top running backs, not top three, but you had the fourth best running back fall to you at 14. I mm-hmm. can only imagine you were stoked to see Trey Sermon at 14. I was super happy. I was a little bit nervous because of obviously Texas Dan's pick at 113. I was a little nervous he was going to take him because he has Raheem Mostert. And, mm-hmm. and Sermon went to the 49ers. I thought maybe he would take his handcuff, but he ended up not. Um, so yeah, I went with Sermon at pick 14, and this is kind of where I hinted back when I traded pick three. I, I kind of knew there would be like that end of tier one, top of tier two running back, and with how this super flex, super flex league is set up, um, like Jeremy's team succeeded with, I mean, granted, he's got Nick Chubb. I don't have one of those type running backs at this point yet. So I'm like, you know, maybe I could do like a fantasy running back by committee type deal. Where I just have like these these tier two running backs that you know might pop off one week or something like that. Um, I do value Trey Sermon as the last running back of tier one. 
Uh, for sure. Some people would value him at maybe the number one of tier two, wherever you kind of... I mean, I'm the last technical first-round pick. Um, and so, yeah, I pulled the trigger on Trey Sermon. I think he was a baller in college. Um, he might have had a little bit of injury concerns, but I think at pick 14, that's where I had to go. I had a need at running back. I couldn't pass up on running back again. Uh, and of the talent that was there... I would have taken, and I think most other teams, if you're just pick, picking talent and how like fantasy value, probably mm-hmm. would have taken Sermon or at least another running back in that area. And if you valued Sermon higher than Michael Carter, uh, then I can't fault you for taking him at 14. Um, that wraps up round one. We're not going to go super in-depth into round two. I'll just kind of um, lay out a couple of notable picks. Second second okay. tight end off the board. Sorry, Brent. Go let's ahead. Just, let's do our. Let's just tell them. Uh, this is kind of where we are at the the toilet bowl pick, though. Let's do the toilet bowl pick mm. and explain that. Yep. Go ahead. So the the toilet bowl, as I kind of explained a little earlier in the podcast, was. Um, so we have like a mini playoffs for for the last. What is it? Last half is Six. what it's going to be going forward. Mm-hmm. So the last like eight teams are going to make the toilet bowl playoffs, and the top six teams are going to be the actual playoffs. And so there's been a little controversy on where this pick placement should be because why should a bottom playoff team not be able to get this pick? Um, But this is just how it is in our league. So the bottom eight teams are fighting for a compensatory pick. Some people may call it 115. Some people may call it 2.0. It is essentially the pick between pick 14 and the first round or first pick of the second round if that makes sense um and so yeah chris ended up winning our toilet bowl last year as we said um lamar jackson went off and kind of carried his team to victory at the end so um he went he ended up using that pick to go with terrace marshall jr wide receiver in carolina for the panthers so that is kind of how our toilet bowl works. And that is the only pick they get. It's not like a recurring thing. They just get the pick between the first and second round. But I I mean this year that that's a night that's a that's a nice player. Mm-hmm. I'm not envisioning that pick being insanely valuable every year. It will be valuable mm-hmm. because it will be looked at as a first or an Some early. Some people might value the, it. Yeah. Or the earliest second. So it's mm-hmm. interesting, and I know Mark had some had some choice words on the toilet bowl in a previous podcast. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it how it plays out moving forward. I don't hate the idea. I just don't know if we're valuing being bad too much to the point where we're giving where there's a first round pick up for grabs. I don't mm-hmm. I don't quite and know that's, that's what else you, what I... else you would do though. Yeah, I call else it 2.0. I call it 2.0 just because I don't personally value it as a first-round pick. I would maybe look like if the draft class is deep like this one was, I would have maybe looked at, like, say I'm, like, the fourth pick in the second round. I would maybe trade a few second and thirds to get up to that if I valued a certain player there. For but, sure. I mean, I wouldn't trade for – I mean, obviously you can't trade for it until after the season because Mm -hmm. of you know you don't get it until the the toilet bowl is played out so um yeah it really doesn't hold much value throughout the season it's really an off-season thing and i still 
don't think people valued it because nobody traded for it. So right. Um, some people have made the argument that maybe it should be after the second round, but I don't. I mean, I think this the toilet bowl is fun because you're playing for something. For sure. Um, yeah. If you place it after the second round, it's kind of like it's junk. Like you're not. I mean, you're not really playing for much. It's kind of yeah. a junk pick in most drafts. Um, so I personally like the placement. I think if you could maybe do, if you could do something, I don't like the idea of it, but if you could do like uh, after pick two, seven, you know, mm. halfway through the second, but then it's like, well, why, why are you splitting up seven and eight? You know, yeah. there's, you're never going to please everyone. I think Kamish did a great job of where this pick placement is at and we're going to live with it. It's not going to be Chris next to. year probably, but um, who knows? It'll be somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's interesting because the one argument or the one hesitancy I have with it it staying as a late first, early like earliest second pick mm-hmm. is would that be enough reason? Because okay, I don't think Ben tanked for the toilet bowl pick. He didn't. He wanted to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Chris tanked for the idea of getting the toilet bowl pick. You, I don't know if you tanked for the idea of getting the toilet bowl pick. I didn't tank for the idea of getting the toilet bowl pick either. However, I don't know if that can be said across the board for all governors in this league, that that isn't reason enough for them to not necessarily blow up their team, but play players who aren't Maybe going to be... Maybe the last few weeks, if they're looking like, like their players aren't going to be the health. If yeah. they're on the fringe, if they're on the playoff fringe and they're saying, oh, well, I have a good enough team to make the playoffs, I'll just, I'll just, I'm not going to, I don't think I have a shot of winning the championship. A 5% chance of winning a championship isn't as valuable as getting an extra first round pick next year. And I could easily beat all the other teams that are purposefully tanking. Yeah. I, that, that's hard to say. If you have a 5% chance of it's winning hard to the say. championship versus if your team is good enough, you have like a 75% chance of winning a first round second round pick yeah it's hard it's hard it's hard to say yeah it's hard to say it's we're we're still so kind of comes down to like just like um competitive nature and not just being like a sore loser like that's kind of a sore loser at my but for sure now i'm saying that on this podcast so now (laughs) i can't do that i can't do it you can't unless you own and embrace the fact that you're going to be a sore loser yeah yeah, it's an, uh, it's an integrity thing. So for sure, it has to be. It has to be, and it helps that we all that we all know each other or know each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. That that wraps up pit, or, uh, round one. We're not going to go in depth round two. Um, I'm just going to kind of breeze through breeze through some of the picks. Two one. Michael Carter, running back, Jets goes to Eli. Brent has two two. He goes Pat Fryermuth. Uh, tight end for Pittsburgh. Eli's back with 2-3. He goes Rondale Moore, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Uh, Texas Dan has 2-4, goes Elijah Moore, darling of the offseason, wide receiver for the Jets. Brent goes Kadarius Tony and Diami Brown, back-to-back wide receivers. Uh, Chris, or not everybody hates Chris, that's Eli's name. Eli takes Kellen Mond, quarterback for the Vikes. Amon Ross St. Brown goes, Amari Rogers, Kenny Gainwell, Des Fitzpatrick, Kyle Trask, Dwayne Eskridge, Davis Mills. 
that kind of rounds out round two, and then round three just continues on. Uh, if we want, I can link the rest of the picks in the episode description, so if you want to keep looking through those, we certainly can. Um, but there, once the, once the rookie draft uh, ended, we had some spicy trades. We had quite a few trades, teams that really saw where their roster was headed and decided to either push for contention, push for youth, or just overall uh, blow it up. Um, if we want to talk through those, uh, Brent, let's uh, let's go ahead and do that unless you have any other thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that even in the second round, getting to the end, um, I think some picks were made out of like, let's see if these guys hit. But I think there was some serious talent all the way through, maybe like pick nine, something like that absolutely. in the second round. Um, this draft was absolutely insane. but It was stacked. Yeah. So yeah, we can uh, we'll kind of go through some of the trades here. Um, a a big trade was, um, Dan uh, Wisconsin Dan embraces. Not I don't even know if it's a tank. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put words in his mouth. But I'll just say what the trade was. He traded Stephon Diggs for Amari Rogers, rookie for the Green Bay Packers, wide receiver. For he traded Diggs for Rodgers, a 23 first, a 22 first, and a 24 first. So he got three first round picks and a rookie wide receiver for Stephon Diggs. I'm not saying Dan's tanking. I'm simply laying out that trade and letting the people come to conclusions for themselves. We're Brent, just going to say your... that that trade leaves him with not much talent on his team. Not Whether much. He tanks now. We're not going to Re- say. Remains to be seen. (laughs) Remains to be seen. His wide receivers now are Russell Gage, Tyler Boyd, Cole Beasley, and Marvin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love the hall. And I think what's interesting, Brent, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that solidifies the value for almost all the other receivers who were then subsequently traded Mm -hmm. or will be traded for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Dan got Dig- three first Diggs round is picks. Obviously, not like the number one wide receiver to go for, but he's not a scrub. Like no, so it's like he, he let- kind of got a value against that trade. That was the first one, like big trade. So he, that's he led the league last think- year in mm-hmm. targets and receptions and receiving yards, and he was mm-hmm. wide receiver three overall. Yeah. So right. that, I mean, that's that's Diggs. He's a top end wide receiver one. We know what Josh Allen is. There's no reason Stephon Diggs can't put up top five, top seven wide receiver years for three, four, five more years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, to get so, three to get three first round picks, that's that's killer. Yeah, that's killer and for Dan. Immediately after that, um, Wisconsin Dad also traded Jimmy Garoppolo to Chris's team, who Chris, you know, traded drafted Trey Lance. So here we are thinking um, Chris just locked up his quarterback handcuff. Um, Chris sends next year's second and next year's fourth for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then almost that same day, yeah, it was that same day. Was it the Chris, same day? Chris turns around and trades Jimmy Garoppolo, Michael Gallup, Kyle Trask, next year's first, and 2023's first. And in return, he gets Kirk Cousins, he gets Amari Cooper, he gets a second rounder next year, 
and a second rounder in 2023. So essentially, he trades from first to second in both of those years. And he trades Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Trask, Michael Gallup for Kirk Cousins and Amari Cooper. And then Damn. trades back from first to second. Damn. I, wh- I don't, I, okay. I, mean, I, what are your thoughts? I personally think that was a bad trade for Knut. For sure. Um, that, yeah. That. <laughs> I mean, yeah, on paper, I mean, I think he saw the green in the first round picks, but he also then gave up second round picks mm-hmm. to give up Kirk Cousins, who I now value higher than Jimmy Garoppolo, and Amari Cooper, who is, I mean, I think higher than Michael Gallup. And Trask. I think combined but he got he got trask oh oh if tom brady goes down i mean i don't i don't hate kyle trask but i don't i mean he's not gonna do what tom brady did but anyways here's what here's what i'll say sorry the only only thing that i could say that i don't hate it is next year after this season amari cooper if he does not perform and cd and michael gallup prove that they can hold it down in Dallas and they need to shed some salary. I think he's only like a $5 million dead cap next year compared to 20 million, which would be his cap hit if he's on the roster. Yeah. And signing Dak to 40 million a year, they could look to save 15 million somewhere. Yeah. And don't quote me on those numbers. I, but I'm pretty sure it was something like that. He was a cut candidate after this season. So if that happens, Knut wins the trade, obviously. Unless Amari goes somewhere amazing. Right. He, he, here's my thinking. Amari Cooper's worth two first-round picks by himself. Depends last on who ye- you're talking to, yeah. Last year, what? Dak played, fi- Dak played five weeks? Dak played five weeks. So including that, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver 15 last year with no Dak Prescott throwing him the football. It was... Andy Dalton and who was I don't even know who the other who the other quarterback Scrubs. was. Scrubs. Yeah. Dirty dirty uh the, dirty dish rags. I don't think that, you can Go ahead. I don't know. I think I I was in on trading for Amari Cooper and I was very close to offering two first round picks, 23 and 24 for Amari Cooper straight up. So the fact that Canute had to give away Amari Kirk Cousins and two seconds to get two firsts, Jimmy, a, a Dallas wide receiver back and a rookie quarterback who's a bench player for the next year, two years. I don't know. It, it, for, I have an issue when I'm packaging valuable assets together in a trade. Mm-hmm. I'm very willing. If I'm going to trade two players, I'm going to trade them both separately and try to max out their value rather than packaging them together. I think more pieces involved devalues each asset by a lot. And so mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to foresee myself making a trade where I'm sending multiple players back just because inherently I don't think I'm getting the full value I could for each of those pieces. Granted, everything's different. You can trade two, three players for an absolute stud player. Like I'd have no issue. Yeah. And I'd have no issue trading multiple players for a Travis Kelsey, a, uh, a Tyreek Hill, someone to pair with Patrick Mahomes. I'd have no problem pairing multiple players to do that. 
But if I'm the one who is trading the best asset, and we can definitely make the argument that Amari Cooper and Kirk Cousins were both the best assets at their position in this trade, I think you could have gotten more for each of them separately rather than packaging them together, as well as second round picks. I'm just not sure. But again, it remains to be seen. Is Cooper the long-term solution there in Dallas after they drafted CD in the first round? I don't know. Um, is Kyle Trask going to be the backup for three years or one year? Not sure. Who is Kyle Trask as a quarterback remains to be seen. What are those first round picks going to be? They could be absolute, they could be absolute home runs or they could be trash heaps remains to be seen Uh, on paper right away. I think Chris wins this by a substantial margin, but Canute could Canute could come out ahead by a long shot in a year and a half, two years. Off season trades are hard to value. Super hard. Yeah. Super difficult. So yeah, well then the next day, Dan continued his bombing. Um, (laughs) He sends Derek Carr and his beloved Brandon Cooks. Who does Um, Cooks even play for anymore? Houston. Ugh. So he sends Derek Carr and Brandon Cooks to Josh for Josh's 23 first and second and 24 first and second. Now, Canute, that's Canute. That's the move and, I'm trying to tell you, man. Like, and that's if Brandon, if that's what Carr is gonna go for, and Cook could have, he could have sold, he could have sold. I mean, even if he would have sold Kirk Cousins and Amari Cooper, both of them, for two firsts and two seconds, I would have thought that that was a better trade than what Canute got for sure. And if I'm Josh, if I'm Josh, I'm trading for Brandon Cooks and Derek Carr. If you Josh me, has screwed if you, if, the entire came, league with this trade because now everyone worried you value quarterbacks. If you would have came to Josh two days before and said, hey, would you give up your first and second in 23 and 24 for Kirk Cousins and Amari Cooper? He would have pulled that trigger. For sure. And I guess I guarantee you Josh would have put even more out there. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's the thing. Josh's quarterback quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. If Watson beats the odds and actually comes back and plays for the Texans, which there's no way he does, not he's this year. got not this year, and he doesn't want to play in Houston. So I don't think Deshaun, and I don't know what was running through Josh's mind, but I'm just seeing that Cooks is the wide receiver one in Houston now. If mm-hmm. for some miraculous reason Deshaun is playing this year and he's playing for the Texans, which I don't stack. again foresee that happening, QB wide receiver stack right there, but. I'm just seeing both of those trades where a quarterback and a wide receiver were shipped off. And I'm saying, Dan, way to go getting two first round picks and two second round picks for Derek Carr, who's a who's a mid quarterback two, and Brandon Cooks, who doesn't have a quarterback to actually throw him the ball this year. And Dan's not even competing. So he's like, heck yeah, I'll take two first and two seconds for those guys all day. And I'll run to the bank. I'll run to the bank and deposit that check time and time again. Hell mm-hmm. of a trade for Dan. Yeah. And so, you know, let's let's go back a little bit because we missed the other blockbuster trade. And that was me trading away uh, one of my top players i loved him um cd lamb and then in return i received jk dobbins leonard fournette 
and Van Jefferson. <clears throat> um, obviously, J.K. Dobbins is the highest valued piece. Um, Van Jefferson is wide receiver three for Matthew Stafford in the in L.A. And then Leonard Fournette was kind of the piece that uh, he had. I'd been offered Leonard Fournette in a few other trade options, and I will. I'm not sold on him. I'm still not, but I think he has the possibility. If he can do what he did in the playoffs, in the regular season, like it, the the trade is an amazing move for me. Yeah, because I still have Tyreek Hill, I still have Jamar Chase, and I still have Michael Thomas. Yeah. So, I like. I mean, I love. I like the trade a lot for me because I needed the running back. Obviously, you could. Everyone saw in the draft. I got Trey Sermon. And that's who I had. Mm. And then I I traded Miles Gaskin and a fourth for a twenty three uh, first. Yeah, that that was highway robbery. <laughs> He's a starting running back, bro. Okay. Uh, all right. Yes. Yes, he is. You're right. But yeah. No. So that was that was that trade. I mean, honest opinions. What do you think on that one? I love I love CD Lamb. I'm not insanely high on Dobbins. I'm high on him, but I don't I think CD is the most valuable piece in this trade. I don't think it's JK Dobbins, but for you trading well, I, away I would agree with you on that. Trading away a position of strength and bolstering a position of weakness. If you can do that and get fair value, fair compensation, you do that all day. So I think getting Van Jefferson, young wide receiver for the Rams, they have Stafford now. It'll be interesting to see what role he plays. Woods and Cup are for sure the two top targets, and I think even Higby is the third target. Van Jefferson's young, though. J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards is there in Baltimore, and Ben would argue that Gus Edwards is an absolute stud, and J.K. Dobbins is holding him back. And you get Leonard Fournette, who... Isn't a running back by committee, but it's interesting. He's more talented than Ronald Jones is, I think, fits their scheme a little bit better in Tampa Bay and was utilized down the stretch in the NFL playoffs. And like you said, who knows what their utilization of him is actually moving forward in the regular season. I don't hate the trade for you. I think you, again, you get a running back that you absolutely needed. You start J.K. Dobbins over Trey Sermon and my or Miles Gaskin any day of the week. You don't have to think about starting uh anybody else but JK Dobbins uh for the next year or two. And my thing was is Leonard Fournette kind of started off slow and I think that's why a lot of people hated on him. But we have to realize that he was signed 5 days before week 1. Yeah. He didn't know the that's offense. He didn't do this. Ronald Jones had been there for 2 years. And so he didn't know any of that offense. And then once he figured it out, he was literally Jacksonville Leonard Fournette. And, and Bruce, so Bruce Arians is going to play the hot hand. And I think if Leonard Fournette starts off with the hot hand, I could have two pretty stud running backs. And Arians' offense is notorious for being difficult to pick up year one. Mm-hmm. Notorious. And the fact that they, as an offense, went out there, Tom threw for 40 touchdowns, and they went out and won a Super Bowl – I'm super excited to see what the Tampa Bay offense can look like this year. And that's why I went out and got Antonio Brown. I traded two-thirds for Antonio Brown. I went Mm -hmm. out and drafted Jalen Darden, their rookie wide receiver, who isn't going to get a lot of targets as a receiver, but he's a young young weapon in that offense. And I I love 
now that you say that, I'm I'm interested to see what Lenny can do. Uh, second year in Tampa Bay, still young, was in the same draft class as Christian McCaffrey, so he's not up there in age. He's not 28, 29 years old. He's he. I'm not even sure how old he is. It says he's 26. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think Ronald Jones is anything more than a speed bump for Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think like our last bigger deal um, was actually your trade. So um, you packaged Robert Woods and a 2000. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before that, I traded Jarvis Landry and a 24. Oh, I, that one. I traded Jarvis Landry, a 24 first, second and third for Juju. Yeah. Which is an overpay. I will admit I overpaid to get Juju Smith-Schuster. However, I am wanting to uh, – my wide receivers going into this year were Allen Robinson, who's 28, and Robert Woods, who are 29, and Jarvis Landry, who is 28. Corey Davis is 26, so a little bit on the younger end. I needed younger yes. wide receivers, regardless of whether or not they were going to be – a better fit for me this year. My team is young and I needed to get my el- my oldest position which was wide receiver. I needed to pare it down. And so my thinking is Juju signed a one-year deal in Pittsburgh. Small. Wasn't wasn't great last year but still was utilized despite the fact that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool both broke out. Juju was still wide receiver 17, had 9 touchdowns last year. And he only is on there for a one-year deal. So if he goes... Had to sign a small deal because of the COVID salary decrease. And there were were rumors that Kansas City wanted to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. And I have Patrick Mahomes. And so let's say Kansas City, again, this offseason, doesn't draft another wide receiver. And Nicole Hardman doesn't pan out. Demarcus Robinson doesn't take that next step. And I don't think he will. If they potentially go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster, and I have a wide receiver too with Patrick Mahomes for Jarvis and a first and second round, third round pick, all day. Granted, that's all speculation, but I love Juju. I love his age. I love what he's been able to do from the get-go in the league, and I think he's established himself as one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with trading for a for a high-end slot receiver because we're at full point PPR. And I think he could surpass Jarvis this year for sure. I mean, he already did last year. Jarvis wasn't better than Juju. And so mm-hmm. if I'm trading future firsts and seconds for a younger, better wide receiver, I'm okay with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so then you turned around and you wanted to get that 24 first back. So you packaged <laughs> Robert Woods and a 2023 third-round pick. And this is where I kind of hinted in the draft about Philly not having any wide receivers. In return, he got Jalen Rager and a 2024 first. So he recouped his first round pick. Not his exact one, but he got one back. I got one back. Um, I like that pick just because you were looking for... A f- you said straight up, I would take a, a first round pick for Robert Woods. For sure. And so for you to end up getting a first round pick... And then only trading a third round pick for Jalen Rager, who was a rookie last year. Yeah. COVID. I was, don't want to hate injured, on. I don't want to hate on any rookies year. because of they came in during COVID. I don't want to hate on any yeah. of them. I traded Rugs. I feel bad about it. I think that Rugs could have a pretty good season this year too. I don't know. I just think I think Rager 
it's, it's I feel bad saying it early, but for wide receivers in the NFL, if you struggle your first year, your second year is almost kind of like make it or break it. And it's crazy that in two years you could be labeled a bust. Mm-hmm. That that seems so unlike how we valued players even five years ago. We were right. all five, five, seven years ago, we were saying, oh, three-year three year breakout for wide receivers. Like, they're not going to mm-hmm. be anything special in year one, maybe in year two, but year three is really when you expect it. And now we see, okay, Justin Jefferson goes out, breaks the all-time rookie receiving record for C. yards. C.D. Lamb goes off. And we have, I mean, Even Jerry Ch- Judy. Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, they're all putting up great numbers in years one and year and, and like Deontay Johnson last year, year two, mm-hmm. that we expect that from every receiver, every skill position player. And it's just not reality. I'm right. not saying Jalen Rager is going to end up being a top 10 wide receiver in this league, but he damn well could be a wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, or and a if, flex. Or a, an, a absolutely a ev- flex. everyday flex player where he's getting he's going to finish as the wide receiver twenty on the year, mm-hmm. and I'm like absolutely if I can get if I can get and they I think they will end up fitting the same role in their team slot receiver who's not going to bust like crazy huge plays but I mean I think if I can get again a, another young receiver. I sell Robert Woods at his highest value. I got a first plus at 29 for him, 29 years old. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So I get younger and wide at wide receiver without sacrificing any other, any other roster talent. I trade two older wide receivers for two younger wide receivers. And I give up a first, a second and two thirds. And then, but you get back, I get back a first at first. Yeah. So I really traded two older receivers for two younger receivers or two older receivers, a second and a third, or a second and two thirds for two younger receivers and a first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm, hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate so, it. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our trades. That wraps up first and second rounds. Um, I think when we come back for our next episode, we'll kind of dive into what the team breakdowns are. That mm-hmm. way you guys can get kind of a sense of what our teams look like, what we think of teams. Um, we've had some league mates recommend a few things for us to do this off season. So um, we want to try and turn this into a weekly thing. We need to figure out a time and everything to do that. Um, and we're trying to build some stuff so you guys can see things as well. So um, stay tuned. We're only going to get better. Thanks for listening, everyone. Even if Thanks this is listening. only even if this is only the guys from the league, it's yeah. fun to have a podcast that's on Spotify. Listen we to love it. everyone who listens. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I love doing this, and I can't wait to continue on. Year two, let's make it better than ever. Sounds good. Bye, Peace everyone. Out, everyone. See ya.